0: Our scripture lesson this morning is brief, so just hang on every word. It comes to us from the book of 1 John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, and I invite you to hear now these words from the epistle writer to the church. He says, see what love the Father has for us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. But what we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him. For we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. My message this morning is a little bit different. It is from the scriptures, but it has a particular audience. I hope that no one will mind if I take a moment to speak especially to our confirmants today. Even though it has that special address there may be a chance it has something to say to anyone who would like to be a child of God. Would you pray with me? Father, whether because of my words or in spite of them, may your word be spoken this morning. And whether we come with willing ears or stubborn ones, help us to hear. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. We made it, y'all. The day is finally here. This is not exactly how we expected Confirmation Sunday to go. It has taken us a little while to get here, hadn't it? This was supposed to be uh, back in April, and then in May, and then in September. And now here we are at last. Halloween has come and gone. I hope you had a good one last night. And the day after Halloween here in the church means that it is All Saints Day. But let's be honest, you have not been counting down on your calendar to All Saints Day. I, I know, nobody's been marking your days to that. You have not been planning your All Saints Day costume. You've not been begging your parents to make your favorite side dish that you have at your All Saints Day dinner. You've not been making your wish list of presents that you hope to find under the All Saints tree this morning. It has not been on your radar, and and that's okay. All Saints Day is kind of overshadowed by all the other days that we call the so-called holiday season, by the days like Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. Those are the days that get most of the attention. Those are the days that get most of the best stories and our best memories. But I do hope that you will remember this All Saints Sunday. I hope this one at least will stick in your mind. And I hope you tell the story for the rest of your life of how you declared your faith and you committed your life to Jesus. And if you do, I expect that will be the first all-saints story you've ever told. I expect you have a lot more memories of your favorite Halloweens and Thanksgivings and Christmases. If we got to telling Christmas stories, Miss Jennifer, y'all know my wife is Miss Jennifer, but other folks here might not know that. If we were telling Christmas stories, Miss Jennifer would undoubtedly tell you one of her family's favorite stories. Miss Jennifer is an only child and she has just one cousin. It's a very small, tight-knit family. And so they used to wait every Christmas until they could all be together to open presents And one Christmas, when both Jennifer and her cousin, Jesse, were both still very young, her cousin, Jesse, tore open one particular present and looked into the box that she had just wrapped, and she looked up with this kind of confused but happy look on her face. And she looked down in her present and said, "'It's what I always wanted, but never knew.'" I can't tell you how many times I've heard that story. Jennifer's family loves to tell that story whenever Christmas comes around. It's one of their favorite Christmas memories. Jessie looking at a present, she didn't know what it was and saying, I'm sure I love it though. It's what I always wanted and I never knew. The first time I heard that story when I was with Jennifer's family for Christmas, I thought, oh, that's cute. And then the fourth and the fifth time I heard that story, I thought, yeah, I I know that one already. Y'all told me that one before. And then the 10th time they told it, the 10th Christmas we spent together, I felt like I could remember the story just as if I had been there. I had heard it so many times, I could picture in my mind where everybody must have been standing. And I knew just when the person telling the story would be interrupted by someone else who said, no, 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 it was like this, wasn't it? It felt like I'd been there when it happened, which of course I wasn't. It all happened long before I met Miss Jennifer. But once I heard the story enough times, it was like I was there. And when Jennifer's cousin, Jesse, got married and I was the preacher at that wedding, I got to tell that story in front of everybody there, just like it was one of my stories. And just a moment ago, Reverend Kathy said to you gathered here, Remember your baptism. And when she said that, I expect everybody here remembered it a little bit differently. Some of you were like, okay, that is not hard. I can remember my baptism, it was three minutes ago. And others of you remember a photo that you have seen once or twice when somebody brought it out a picture of you, your little baby self in a long white gown. Still others of you don't really have any pictures or stories that come to mind, but what you do know is that God's church has always been there, waiting for you to join in, telling you other stories. Some of the stories that Miss Cat has been trying to teach you for as long as you can remember are stories that are so familiar and so old that you can hardly imagine what they have to do with you. It happened so long ago, and some of the stories that we tell are so familiar So when we try to tell them, you're like, yeah, 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 I heard that one before. You already told that. Whether it happened just a few minutes ago, or a few years ago, or some point so far in your past that you don't actually have a memory of it, the main thing I want you to remember when you tell the story of this All Saints Day is that your baptism is a gift and it was given by God. It's not something you could have ever earned or deserved, so it's not something you could ever stop deserving. You've made a lot of promises to God and to the church. I just heard you. You were right here. You did it perfectly, just like we practiced. I heard you loud and clear. You made a lot of very big and important promises, but what I want you to know is that the bad news is I am 100% sure you will fail to keep those promises in some way or another. I don't think you mean to. I think you meant it when you said it here. You meant all those promises that you made. I believe you want to keep every single promise that you've ever made. I know that you meant it when you promised to sit down and be quiet all those times in our confirmation classes. You meant it. You wanted to keep that promise. Just like I wanted to keep the promise. Every time I said, hang on just a moment, we're going to get out on time. We meant to keep it. And I know that if my relationship to God or your relationship to God depended on our promises, we would be in trouble. Because the bad news is, we all fall short in our promises to God. But the good news is that God's promises to us never fail. And so when you tell your confirmation story, I hope that you won't just remember the promises that you made to God. The most important thing you can remember is, that God, is the promise that God made to you. When you tell this story, I hope that you will tell it like you are a part of God's family because that's the promise that we heard in the scriptures today, that we will be called the children of God, because that is who we are. That is who you are. It told us right there in 1 John, we are God's children now. We don't have to wait. It is not somewhere in the future. Right here, right now, you are a beloved child of God. That's the promise that matters most, the promise that you are a child of God. And that's the promise that began when Jesus was baptized. And God said, this is my beloved son. He delights me. And that same promise was given to you when you were baptized by water and the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has adopted each and every one of us so that we are the sons and daughters of God. Jesus is the son of God and baptism makes us Jesus's siblings. You are a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. It is true And it always will be true. And all that you have done today is to accept the gift that God gave you a long time ago. All that you have done is agree to open it and discover what it means. You are a child of God and all you're deciding today is to live like it. To be who you are. And that will not be easy. It's not as easy as it seems it should be just to be who you are. It's a lot easier for you to try and think about who you think you should be and who you think you ought to live up to be and who you ought to be like. It is much easier to live your life trying to be who you think you should be than it is to just be who you are. I don't know if you remember, but a while back I told you a story about a man who had a hard time being a child of God. He had a hard time just being who he was. His name was John and he was like you and he was like me. He grew up in a church. He gave his life to Jesus at an early age at confirmation. He made all kinds of promises to follow Jesus and to do whatever Jesus asked. And he was actually better at keeping his promises than most of us are. John was very good at keeping those promises. He prayed like every day. He visited hospitals and prisons. He became a preacher eventually and even a missionary. But even when John had done all these things that he was supposed to do, he had this terrible nagging feeling that maybe he just wasn't wired right. That maybe he still wasn't who he should be. That maybe he hadn't done enough or he hadn't done it for the right reasons until one night he went to a Bible study and while he was sitting there, he said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. And I felt that I did trust Jesus and that he had taken away my sins and had saved even me and that even I was a child of God. When this guy, John Wesley, realized that he was a child of God, that he didn't have to earn that or prove it or show that he was good enough to be a a child of God, he allowed God to make him who he meant to be. Up to that point in his life, John Wesley had thought he was the sort of guy who needed to preach at the biggest churches with the biggest steeples inside the the church from the big pulpits, kind of like this one. But after he knew he was a child of God, he quit trying to be a big time preacher in a big church and he went out to the coal fields or the coal mines and the fields where the coal miners were walking past. And he told the coal miners, you are a child of God. And all his life up to that point, no one had enjoyed listening to John Wesley's sermons. He was not the most interesting guy in the world. Smart, yes. Dedicated, yes. Passionate and fiery, not so much. But when he stepped out of the pulpit and went to the coal mines and told those miners there that you are a child of God— They began to weep. He said, I could see their tears and the dust on their faces. And John treated those people like they were God's children. And it used to be that folks slept through John Wesley's sermons, but these coal miners, they cried tears of joy. And then they told other people, hey, you are one of God's children. And a few hundred years later, the people who heard it from somebody who heard it, who heard it from somebody who heard it from a miner who heard it from John Wesley, somebody who had heard that good news that they were a child of God, planted this church right here so that you could hear. That you are a child of God. And you could hear the stories of God and know that they are your family stories. You are a child of God. And you know that you are because somebody else quit trying to be good enough for God and just accepted that God was good enough for them. Good enough to love them. And when you tell the story of today, I hope that you will tell it as the day that you heard you were a child of God. It won't be easy. The world out there will not always know that you are a child of God because they don't really know what God is up to. And to make it even worse, the world in here, the church, won't always make it easy for you to know who you are because we won't be good enough because sometimes we might think that we are. But today I'll say it as plainly as I can. You are a child of God. And we'll keep telling God's stories over and over and over again so that you can remember they are your stories too. And you can remember who you are. And I'm gonna ask one thing of you confirmands today. Remind the rest of us who we are. Churches are not famous for listening to their youngest members. Some of us have been at this so long. Yeah, I mean, we know we're not perfect. But we tend to think we're good enough. Remind us who we are. Remind us that we are children of God and the rest of us should live like it. Remind us how great our stories are by interrupting us when we want to skip over the parts that are really interesting, the parts that make you ask the kinds of deep questions I know that you have, the ones you are so good at asking. Remind us how to celebrate too. Remind us who we are. Because we never knew that God could give us a gift quite like you but here you are and God's promises are still true. You are a child of God. And as the scriptures told us a moment ago, now we are all God's children and what we will be, what we're going to become has not yet been revealed. But if you help us discover who we are, I expect one day we will look at each other and say, "This is what we always wanted." And we never knew it till now in the name of the.